0: rather than thinking of how we can use pleasure as a tool to serve us or to like better our lives how can i actually honor god by finding pleasure in everything how can i like pleasure my prayer and that's the point where i'm at in my journey that really i believe that every moment that i allow myself to indulge in my desires in my joy in my body I am truly honoring the divine. I'm honoring the thing that created me, right? Because I actually think what is blasphemous is when we relegate certain things that are creations of God itself as like bad or good. No. I trust that I can find the pleasure and the beauty in everything, even the most painful moments.
1: Hello, humans. Welcome to the Feminine Rebellion Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Frasca, mom of three wild kids, a crazy lover of garlic, a wild woodswoman and hiker, a voracious reader, and a feminine leadership coach. I'm on a mission to create a rebellion of female leaders who are ready to dig deep into their purpose and push massive ripples of love and justice into the world. I believe we are all born leaders, and this world needs us now more than ever. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of the women who are out in the world and doing the damn thing. These are the rebels who inspire and ignite me. They're the feminine rebels who are working to raise our collective consciousness, helping us uproot from our patriarchal conditioning and bring the world back into balance. If you hear something that makes you go, hell yes, reach out to these guests, dive into their work, collaborate with them, or hell, hire them to work with you. Consider these women the guides on your own inner rebellion. Okay, thanks for listening. Let's do this. Feminine Rebellion. Today, I have a special guest. Jessica Swadej. Jessica is a seeker of sacred pleasure and a proud holy hedonist, yum. Driven by an insatiable thirst for pure aliveness, her greatest artwork is her life itself. She's curator and creator of moments, experiences, and journeys that bring people closer to themselves, others, and the divine. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. I'm I'm so very happy to have you here. Um, I w- I had the pleasure of experiencing one of your practices in um, a group with Natalie Kuza, and I I knew at that point I was like, oh yeah, this I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this woman. Um and mm. I have been following you and watching what you share. And not only is your imagery so delicious. Mm. Uh, so good. There's um there's something about the way you share your work that's so inviting. Um, so mm. I'm really, really happy to have you here and introduce your work to um the women who are listening mm. and the guys who are out there and everyone, yes. any human. Who hears this? And so we can learn more about like pleasure and, and, you know, holy hedonism and all the lusciousness you have to share um, with the world. So welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, Feminine Rebellion community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so So, glad um, we connected. Yeah. Me too. I am so glad we connected. And we did have some some mercury Mercury retrograde fuck-ups in the beginning trying to get our audio. I'm like, what's up universe? Okay. We oh my god, you. it is the day. It is the, oh no, tomorrow. It's tomorrow. tomorrow. It's, tomorrow. it's tomorrow. But We're I deep in the shadow phase. We yeah. are. I feel it's energy and I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna yeah. let that happen and wash over me. I'm not <laughs> fighting back. Um, I'm fighting back. No fighting back. So, Jessica, why don't, um, if you wouldn't mind just telling us what brought you to this work, to this amazing place? You're sitting yeah. there in a house in Mexico. You're, I mean, just seems like you're living yeah. the dream. And I'm so curious to, to learn. And I think our listeners too, is like how you got to where you are today, like you're, a little bit about your journey.
0: I will say I am truly living my dream life at this point right knowing that it's not an end point that there's Mm. so there's so much like I have a bigger vision a bigger dream life but my life right now looks very much like a reflection on the inside it's very true to me even if it doesn't Mm. necessarily make sense to other people Mm. and I think that that willingness to walk my own path and the kind of like bottomless well of self-trust that I have has been a major major factor into how and where I got to where I am today right I grew up as a third culture kid in Ethiopia mostly and it was amazing and then I moved to New York for my undergraduate where I went to Gallatin and I studied at the intersection of performance and psychoanalytic theory My big dream. Oh wait, wait!
1: What the what the fuck does that mean? Back up a second. (laughs) You were gonna, you're about to like jump, jump, just jump through that hoop, and I'm like, back up. No, no, I'll come back and explain
0: it. In so the big dream was always to be an actor, always Mm -hmm. to be an actor. I love performing. I am an artist first and foremost, above everything. And so I went to NYU and that was the plan. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to study something different because I've always been different. And I went to a program where you got to create your own major. So I chose the intersection of performance and psychoanalytic theory. I've always been wildly fascinated with how people think Mm. and what motivates people, right? Like, why do we do the things we do? I think any actor will resonate to that. It's so much about analogy analyzing behavior and capturing the behavior of a character. And my entire thesis was that as an actor, you have to be both the analyst and the analysant. You have to be both the patient and Mm. the guide at the same time, holding these, you know, these energies at the same time, synchronistically, not that you're balancing, but you are 100% this thing and you're 100% this thing, right? being all of the things. And so that's kind of like where I got into psychology and how people think. And after college, I went to a two-year conservatory training program, the, the the Maggie Flanagan Studio in New York. And I always credit those two years as being the bulk of my healing without even necessarily knowing that that's what I was doing. But just like, Constantly being in rooms and positions where I was faced to be my most vulnerable self, my most expressive self to like live through some of my deepest pains and fears all while being witnessed mm. was just like an incredible practice an incredible journey. And I got into the wellness world at that time in 2016, I started working in the wellness world more professionally and and then around what, early, what did that 20, look like? What was, what was 2000? I was working at a meditation like, studio. Okay. I was working at a meditation studio. Yeah. In New York, mindful meditation studio. Beautiful, oh, beautiful yeah. space.
1: I've been and there I before. was yeah. doing a lot of,
0: yeah, love mindful. Yeah. So sad that um, physical location is closed, but okay. beautiful. Worked at mindful for a while. And I was also doing a lot of tarot readings for people and reading tarot at events. Wow. So i read tarot since I was like 11 years old. Like very very young. Wow. It was like one of my first forays into the woo as we say. What,
1: like What 11 year old reads tarot? <laughs> like what? If, was oh, your I mom was very teenager? No, so I started reading quite
0: intuitively with playing cards but I was a very odd child at like six and seven I started pondering the nature of reality and I would ask questions like why do we exist? Like why isn't there nothing? And I would like check out books on metaphysics. And that's when I first started getting into astral projection. And for like years of my childhood, I would spend every night trying to consciously astral project.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing. So you've always been weird. (laughs) Yeah. I've always been super fucking weird. I'm such a weirdo. But it's not (laughs) weird. It actually, like if we allow... Our minds to actually expand and go there, like this, this, that's reality. Like you put it in, Mm -hmm. like, I hate I hate even people saying woo, because I'm like, well, that's just taking us all, you know, on this prescribed path and it's boring. And that's actually not reality. Reality is way bigger than anyone can even comprehend. Reality. Is truly infinite, right? Like we forget that our
0: own experience of life is dictated by a very narrow set of perimeters and perspectives, but reality is infinite. Like we forget that the nature of the universe is magical, right?
1: Magical simply because we
0: don't yet Exactly. It's it's an intelligence, it's everywhere, right? Like you look to nature and you think of whatever you do believe, right? Like I interchange my words between god in the universe and the divine and spirit source the thing that created nature is obviously an intelligence like look at flowers and how the tides work with the moon that's not just by accident you know i think about this a lot when i
1: yes i think about um like having babies like yeah like what how is it even fucking possible that like a woman can create life? Like, yes, we need sperm. I'm not discounting, you know, the other (laughs) half of the puzzle here, but, um, the fact that we grow humans in our wombs, like why aren't more people like, like, like blown away by that? Like it's, I mean, it's just so crazy. The creation of life, just—it's a miracle. Everything is yes. a miracle. Yes, the fact that plants it. in my, you know, office here, like you know, the other day I noticed this like new little leaf, and I'm like, where did you come from? How did yeah. you get there? Like, you happened overnight. Like, I wasn't even watching, and there's a new leaf. Like. Yes, God, yeah. universe, goddess, source, it's everywhere, and f- too few people are sit in awe of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I, I love where this is so going.
0: Yeah, because people, or people feel super limited by um, the ways in which they can access. God mm. or the universe, right? Like mm. you think, oh, I have to be sitting on a pew on my knees in this very specific building. Yeah. And I'm like, let's again expand your definition for what we're on a is meditation. God level. Yeah, yeah. No, I I always say that dance floors are my church. Like, yeah. I do not feel closer to spirit than when I am sweaty on a dark dance floor with a bunch of other bodies moving around me, just Lord completely Lord. surrendered to the music. And then that is that is church, right?
1: Yes, it is that is church. I would agree with you. I would, dance yeah. is, yeah. Movement. it's like my awesome. body is, everything. it is. So sorry, yeah. I chose to stop track, but we were like, you know, it was 2016, you've gotten to the, you got, this is gonna, this is gonna be a really funny conversation. Um, You got into like, you know, the, the health space and yeah, you're working in a meditation studio. Into, was working at a meditation
0: studio doing tarot readings. As I said, I've always been really into like the um, magic, potential for magic everywhere and possibility mm-hmm. and ex- alternative realities. And I've also been always really interested in personal development and wellness and just like, you know, becoming more and more myself. And in early 2019, I hired a coach to help me go through a transition that I knew I was going to need extra support in. Mm. And she really, really, yeah, was such a big support system. I always say like it was, it was one of those life-changing experiences. I wouldn't have been able to make it through that transition with as much ease and grace as I did. And that was still like... Me, it was me leaving New York, and that still did not look very graceful towards the end because it was like, you know, eight years of leaving home, the city that raised me.
1: What made and you And then to leave I, New
0: York? early twenty nineteen,
1: I left end of twenty nineteen, but I,
0: I left. I decided to leave early twenty nineteen. No, I mean,
1: what what made you decide to leave New York, or if, if um, a- visa,
0: visa, yeah. visa uh-huh. issues,
1: honestly, So huh. that.
0: That's why it was so hard. It wasn't necessarily like, it was a choice in that I made the choice not to apply for the O visa, the artist visa, but Mm -hmm. I knew I was running out of my OT, my time to be there. Um, So it wasn't a choice. It felt like something that was being, that I was being forced to do, which essentially was, right? It was the universe taking me to where I needed to go, Mm -hmm. but it was, I mean, my life, my vision at that point was that I was going to be a very successful, very well-known actor in movies and TV shows, right? I thought at this point in my life, I would be living in Los Angeles, maybe in a recurring role in a TV show, not living in Mexico, running my own wellness business, you know, like in a really different (laughs) direction.
1: Totally. I mean, and do you like just thank the universe every day? I do.
0: I mean, I'm so, my life is so fucking beautiful. And I always say this, that. I am today, I guarantee you, a much better actor than I was three years ago than I would have been if I had taken the path mm. I thought I needed to take, the path I should have taken. When I released the control and the expectation and allowed myself to really be an artist of life itself, mm. my life became my greatest master, right? I don't necessarily yeah. feel like I'm lacking what I was getting from acting because I get it in so many other ways
1: now. Yes. Yes yes yeah. so beautiful yeah. so okay so you leave new york so i leave new york and
0: the plan is to go traveling and find myself on the road which has always been a vision in life and i decided to take a coaching certification program more so to deepen my own relationship with self. it was more about that and it had been like one person, two people that were like, Oh, are you a coach? Or like, do you offer life coaching? And then when my best friend, who has known me since I was like three, she was like, Jess, I really think you should look into coaching. Like, it's something you naturally do, like, you naturally inspire and activate people, and you give really good advice. And I think a lot of people want to learn how to be this confident and this expressive, and like, you can mm. help them get there. And so I did, I did the certification program. Wasn't really going to do anything about it. And then again, the universe spoke two weeks before I was supposed to take off on my trip. Flights grounded. I was on an island. So when we went into lockdown, we were locked down. Like my parents, my family was out of the country for six months. I was taking care of my little sister alone. There was no way to get in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was like a fucking trip, such a journey. It's, can I say fucking?
1: Yes, please. The
0: more the merrier. (laughs) And then I finished my practice, my certification. I was like, okay, I'm gonna see, let me do this thing, right? Like, let me do this thing. It was very like open palm, non-attachment to it. And the day I launched my practice, I got my first two clients, which is so rare in the industry, right? Yes. And that felt like affirmation from the universe that, like, yes, you are on the right path. We're moving. And I really started in the industry being a self sovereignty and empowerment coach. I believe hmm. that when we come back to being the sovereign, responsible force of our life is when we really get to play with reality and manifestation and creation and all of that beauty. When we're willing to be completely responsible for all of ourselves, right? And very yes. few people are. And yeah. this is not to discount systemic realities Thank you. at all. Yeah, they are totally. also, also very important to acknowledge and, real. and to recognize it and real. And even in the face of those, you always have choice and possibility right mm-hmm. always there's always choice of possibility and I feel like I say this as a person who grew up in a very impoverished country and has grown up in a black woman's body my whole life I did grow up with a lot of um financial privilege and I'm aware of that and where that has allowed me to take myself and I do believe that the way that we actually dismantle the systems is by empowering the people that are affected by the systems to make choice, to break out of them, right? Is about, it's yes. the balance, it's a game between well,
1: two. And that's really hard because people so are, hard. you know, faced with not enough choice. Like, you know, what do yeah. you say, you know, I, I, I struggle with this because, um, you know, my background is in nonprofit work um, yeah. with low-income families. So who didn't have food. So like I worked on food insecurity issues. So, um, you know, I imagine myself sometimes like, could I have this conversation with some of the women, um, that I helped get groceries every week, you know, to tell them that like, they have a choice, you know, like I, I struggle with that personally, like how, um, because I agree with you and there's so much shit standing in the way. Um, I'm with you. I honestly, how do we, how uh, do we, how do we get people to, um, you know, they say like get out of like victimhood and back yeah, into yeah. their power when the reality of the situation is like, there's just so much shit. Like, I don't know. I don't have the answer. <laughs> I think in my mind mind
0: it's like many things a multifaceted approach right yep. I am a big I refer to Maslow's hierarchy of needs very yep. often in my work if someone yes. is at the base level of the pyramid and they're worried about meeting their physiological needs yes. food water shelter yes there is not a chance in hell I'm going to try to have a conversation with them about self-actualization at the top it's quite frankly right. disrespectful and yeah absolutely I'm not going to tell you to use your money that you need to use your food on this course. That's going to change your mindset. Like that's the, it, you know, yeah, I'm with you on that. So I think on that approach, we work on getting people to the place where they are not really needing to take care of their physiological needs. I think that should all be taken care of anyway. Like Um, if we are to have governing bodies, that should be their job is to take care of at least the base needs of all people.
1: Yes. And Thank you. In, in the
0: ways that we interact with people, I agree. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in Ethiopia. I grew up in close proximity to like extreme amounts of poverty. And I think there's so much that we discount. We do not give enough credit to the resiliency and the creativity of the human spirit.
1: Mm. And I'm like, yes,
0: while we're- Wait, say, that people, say that one more time.
1: Say that one more time.
0: That was so good. So we do not do give enough credit to the resiliency and the creativity of the human spirit, right? Mm. Mm. As a soul, you incarnate to self-actualize. You incarnate to experience and become. So on a solar level, we all have it within us to get ourselves out of situations. I, I like deeply, deeply believe that. And I mm. believe that if you empower people with that knowledge and with that level of self-belief, yes. rather than like going in and saving them, right? Like the savior yeah. complex is a whole other issue that's yes. actually also very tied to colonized mindset. Anyway, yes. empower people that they have the answers within themselves. Yes. yes. People will step it up. People will show up for yeah. themselves because we are programmed to survive. We're programmed to more than survive. We're programmed to thrive as a soul, right? But we we have it in us, that kind of like driving fight. And I dream of creating a world in which nobody has to be resilient, right? That's my dream. I don't want everyone to have to be resilient, but to know that humans are deeply resilient and resourced and creative. And when we give Mm. people access to food and clean water and space, Yes. We come up with magic. People will come up with miraculous yes. solutions yes. to get themselves to where they need to be and I think that we all need to see and understand that we are in a journey of unfolding. We're getting there. It's just not going to happen on anyone's linear timeline. It's going to yes. happen in a more gentle evolution I think, especially as we're coming more into the rise of the awakened feminine. It's going to yes. be more gentle. It's going to be more slow. It's not going to be data driven. We're not going to be able to give people five-step prescriptions to get out of victimhood. I can't tell you
1: right. five steps for that. It's awesome. it's Fuck a the journey. five steps. Fuck the five steps. Five, five steps. steps. <laughs> like I hate. <laughs> five steps to be everyone you ever wanted to be. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. We could go um, in so many so different really, directions of- here. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was, that's what I entered into the industry as a coach, right. As a space holder to do self-sovereignty and empowerment coaching. And, you know, it has been a journey for my, for me, myself, my own entrepreneurship journey has been such a spiritual initiation. Holy shit. Totally.
1: (laughs) Bring me to my knees.
0: Entrepreneurs. Bring me me to to my my knees. knees.
1: Wherever I
0: thought that I was healed, I had so much more work to do. And is more like is coming. Unpeeling, unpeeling. And more coming. And slowly over that process, I was brought more to the work of pleasure and pleasure activism. Adrian Marie mm-hmm. Brown is like one of my Bible books. He's, it's such a big- Oh my
1: God, Emergent yes. Strategies.
0: Yes, Emergent Strategies, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. Adrian Marie Brown. If you are ever listening to this, you're fucking godsend to humanity. Yes.
1: She has ignited so many souls
0: so many souls and it was one of those things where like I feel like I've always been very connected to my own pleasure center and pleasure led way of living I'm a Taurus I'm Venus ruled like Mm. I very much like a good life since I was a kid and it's such a way for people to embody freedom right that's the crux of pleasure for me I'm like it is embodied freedom So experiential embodied freedom. And slowly my work brought me to more pleasure focus. How do I help people activate their own pleasure-led lives? How do we get rid of the stories that are keeping us from experiencing wild abundance and wild aliveness, right? I think like my work exists as a cross point between pleasure and play and creative expression and the erotic, just pure wild aliveness, right? Those things that make us feel like, Top of a roller coaster, smell of a fresh lavender field, like dancing all night. Those kinds of like joys Mm. that awaken Mm. the soul.
1: Yes, please. More. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, please. More. I wanted to like build a world with that. And that's kind of what brought me to the journey now where I actually am doing much less coaching these days and more so facilitating of events and retreats and experiences and really creating the containers again, I'm like, if I want to empower people, I must trust that they can get themselves to where they go if they are given the right tools and environment. So now this year, I'm really focusing on creating more experiences and spaces and journeys for people to, as I said, connect to themselves, each other, and God all the time while centering pleasure and play. I feel like my life is just like bring fun into the world. That's my mission.
1: Seriously. And it's, I can see that being in a physical space with you, um, because you yes. are so in your body, um, mm-hmm. like you're, you're like super magnetic. Um, and Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm going to, you're going to find me at one of your retreats one day when the world oh, like hell opens, yeah. opens up and I can get to Mexico. I will be there dancing in that club with you. <laughs> yes so, it, I just like
0: yeah that's the beauty of life connecting with people in these ways that like center joy you know yes. and just like wild expression and permission permission to just be and be alive and be a human without needing to do anything to earn your place on earth you know
1: oh okay so let's let's talk about the earning piece because yeah the way most of us grew up at least, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Western world anyway, um, was that we had to earn pleasure. Yeah. Right? Like we, it was like work and then play. But what I love about this idea of like, actually weaving together work and play, like finding pleasure in the smallest fucking moments. And like, you know, I know you've read Pussy um, you know, yeah. Mama Gina's book and I'm a huge fan, but like, she talks about how, you know, it's like, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, I have to make sure like I have flowers, like, you know, I actually have a clean jade egg sitting next to me that I have <laughs> to put in this morning, like, you know, a cup of tea, my lavender oil, like, like this and like, this is my work. Right. So it's like, I'm weaving, like I'm, I'm talking to you, which is highly pleasurable and surrounded by pleasure. So it's like this, this idea that pleasure, and I know you speak to this pleasure, isn't something that's like relegated to like Mm -hmm. a separate bucket.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's, we, we operate in the framework of pleasure as a reward rather than pleasure as a fuel right? Yes. And I'm in the business of swinging the pedal, the pendulum the other way. Let's get people to operate from pleasure as they feel, right? Mm. The way that I approach it might be initially extreme for some people, right? But I essentially am like, if I am not well resourced, which is like, if I am not enjoying the shit out of my life, I will yeah. not do the thing. I will not do the thing that I need to do, whether that's space yes. space. I will not do the work quote unquote, because I guarantee you that my quality of work suffers when I'm operating from a depleted place, right? Mm, If we're talking about bottom line, numbers, finances, I would argue that all, all, I'm gonna make this extreme statement, all companies would have a stronger bottom line if they were pleasure led rather than pleasure rewarded systems. Why? Mm. Because again, trusting people, trusting that when people are feeling good, they're not gonna run away from the work. They're gonna be more motivated to do the work in a way that feels good, right? Like this is my job, right? Quote, unquote, I'm at work right now. I'm having a great fucking time, right? I'm technically at work. deeply enjoyable process for me are there parts of my days or parts of the process especially at the point in the journey where I am as a solopreneur that I don't like absolutely there's a lot of things I don't like so I create the environment around it so that I can like it I light the candles or I take myself to the beach to do accounting because I hate accounting but if I do it with my feet in the sand it's a little more enjoyable it becomes like more of a process yeah and it's it's hard. I think it's one of the hardest shifts to make. But it is. I always ask people the question: Why are you choosing? I don't even know what we would call it. Not necessarily stuff like displeasure. Why are you choosing? Yes. Apathy. Why are you choosing non-pleasure? And pain as non-pleasure, right? Like, yes. Why are we choosing non-pleasure as the stasis, as the status quo? Yes. Realizing that it's a choice. That is not a natural thing, right? Yes. It's not just how humans were designed. It is a choice, a creation of society and the culture. Yeah, we've been so trained. you can ask yourself, yeah. And yeah. we can untrain, we can yeah. untrain, right? Because yes. you can absolutely build and design the world you want to live in. If yeah. I promise you, if you start prioritizing your pleasure rather than using it as a reward, you're not going to die you'll still be able to make your deadlines. You'll still be able to show up as a fully fledged human. Right. I think sometimes people are like, Oh, but if I, if I do that, if I like give in to all of my desires, then I'm just like, not going to show up for people. And I'm like, why do you assume that?
1: (laughs) Well, it's so funny because people do play the extreme, right? It's like You know, I talk a lot about wildness and, you know, a lot of women in my spaces are like, oh my God, I could never like wildness means out of control. Like if I go wild, I may never go back to my children. And I'm like, (laughs) I get that sometimes, but, but like, you (laughs) will you'll just be a fuck ton happier. Like (laughs) exactly, you know, you might actually want to play with them. Yes, yeah. You might want
0: to. You're not doing it from this place of like I need to to be a good mom. You do it from a place of like, oh, like now I actually have the desire to, yes. right? Because yes. for me, yes. that also begs a question, well, are you only showing up for your kids because you feel like you should, right? Yeah. Because that's also. The line i think a lot of people struggle because they do operate from a place of like should they've designed their yes. life from a place of should like, yeah well i should go down yeah it like, is the path that's been laid out it's the yeah. one that's been the only one that's been validated for us right yeah is that path by the
1: patriarchy and
0: <laughs> yeah and it's and it's a path that was created a, yes to uphold a very very specific system it was not a path that was created to like allow for the emergence and actualization of a beautiful human soul which is like ultimately the purpose of why we're here here on planet earth right in my for a short (laughs)
1: amount of time for a short amount of time for a short amount of time so um okay i i mean oh i could talk to you forever um Okay. Oh, I wanted to ask you this one question because, um, it's on your, I mean, you recently switched your Instagram handle. So you're like, you're now Holy Hedonist, which I fucking love so much. Um, so I want to ask you, what does it mean to be a Holy Hedonist? Mm, All right. So i uh,
0: very, very big into philosophy, of course. As I mentioned earlier, I got into metaphysics at a very young age. I wrote my Ivy extended essay in philosophy. And Epicurus is the philosopher that I feel like I most vibe with. He's the founding father of the belief of hedonism, which is the belief that the pursuit of pleasure is right and correct, right? Which goes against a lot of other beliefs that we're taught. Yes. And I think that the way that we've used the word hedonist in our society has we've kind of like use it almost as like an insult, or like you're such a hedonist. You have no control over your totally animal impulses. And I'm like, it's a all right, but let's go back to what exactly. I'm like, let's go back to the core of what hedonism actually is, and it is the pursuit and belief that the centering of pleasure is right and correct. I don't know why anyone would argue with that. I'd be like,
1: okay, so everyone you want to tell wants me it. Old? <laughs> right? Everyone wants everyone it. Wants like, to enjoy everyone wants life. it. I, I feel like the people who who use it as a dig or a slam or whatever are just fucking jealous. It's like, you oh, have absolutely. something, you have something I want. How yeah. dare you? How, How dare, you dare you go out and, Rather. Do the thing and have the life if yeah. I'm and, so and, stuck and in my jealousy, case? Jealousy is actually a great
0: teacher, right? When jealousy comes along, it shows us that someone else has something that I want. So rather than going into how dare you, you could go into the ooh, how can I get some of that for myself?
1: How can I get my own brand? Let it be the compass.
0: Right? Let it be the compass. Let that's what I say. I'm pleasure led. Let it be your compass. Because honestly, I have yet to have someone give me a good argument as to why, like it's preferable to not, to have non-pleasure. Like, it just sounds stupid, right? It's sounds like it's yeah. like, okay, Like now we're like
1: promoting non-pleasure. You don't want to no. enjoy shit. Right. Like, We've just been, everyone's yeah. like, but, ha, but I won't get my work done, but I won't make enough money, but I won't, you know, yeah. everyone will look at me funny or it's just wrong. It's just yeah. wrong. We have to work ourselves to the <laughs> bone and perform and hustle and tire ourselves out because that's you know yeah i don't yeah. know it's, it's fucking what we've exhausting. Been it's so exhausting it's what we've been
0: indoctrinated into and yeah i forgot what question led us here what did you just ask?
1: oh about? um what you mean by holy um what it means to be a holy heathen holy hedonist so yeah
0: I like to add the, so yeah, a hedonist. I very much am a person who centers and pursues pleasure as worthy and valid in my life. Mm. And I like the holy aspect of it because I do have very deep connections to universal life force, to consciousness itself, to God. And I believe that for me, I am in an incarnation of a soul, in, in an incarnation of my soul's lifetime in this life. and who I am as a person that I believe that my greater purpose lies in serving the divine. Like I'm here to serve divine will rather than my own will. I don't have my own will. That's just an ego creation. I am a part of the divine and I would like to connect everything back in the world and in my life to that divinity, right? Mm. Knowing that it doesn't have to happen in your church. No, I can reconnect to God in a moment of dancing under the stars on the beach with my friends or in a, in even in a glass of wine, right? I'm yeah. actually, I don't abstain from anything. I allow myself to have most of what I truly desire.
1: Yes. And
0: knowing that in thinking of, I do, I do this um, workshop course called the pleasure portal. And one of the final steps is rather than thinking of how we can use pleasure as a tool to serve us or it's like better our lives, How can I actually honor God by finding pleasure in everything? How can I like pleasure my prayer? And that's a point where I'm at in my journey. that really I believe that every moment that I allow myself to indulge in my desires, in my joy, in my body, I am truly honoring the divine. I'm honoring the thing that created me, right? Because I actually think what is blasphemous is when we relegate certain things that are creations of God itself as like bad or good. No, yes. I trust that I can find the pleasure and the beauty in everything, even the most painful moments, knowing mm. that they serve something of the God. And that is what it is to be a holy hedonist, to use pleasure as a portal into deeper
1: prayer and presence. Oh, Jessica, that was so freaking beautiful. I mean, I got chills because I, I had, there was a moment where it was like, yeah, it's, Pleasure is actually, like, in service of the divine. Like, yeah, it is. It's not about me necessarily. Yeah. It's about an honoring of something much bigger than me. And yeah, I think that's. I think that's something that um, you know you, you could say. One could argue you know, to someone that's saying, you know, pleasure, like we shouldn't be following the path of pleasure is that, you know, you're stuck in your ego. Like it's not even about you. It's about honoring our time on earth. Like, like you were saying you are your time right now. Like we know time's infinite, right? We don't even understand Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, that you, this is your soul's like you're in this, like, you know, I call it my meat suit, right? (laughs) It's like, this is just my body, my soul's body at this moment in time. Yeah. And like, I want to honor my time on earth.
0: I want to honor my time on earth and knowing that like the idea of bringing heaven down to earth, right? Like that's what so many people on spiritual paths feel like they're working towards is not about bringing a physical place it's about awakening to the reality that like we live in a planet that has pink beaches and birds yes. that can talk and yes. birds that and worms that go into a cave and then they yes. come out as fucking butterflies yes. Ooh, like right <laughs> we are in the most magical place right and i oh, do believe are. that 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 ascension of souls, that like movement towards peace will be so much greatly aided by pleasure, right? Because if I can see you living your unique brand of pleasure, right? I want to be perfectly clear that it's not about moving to Mexico and living in a tiny beach town with 800 people. That would be very deeply unenjoyable for some people that I know. Yeah. Totally fine. But it's about tapping into your own unique brand of pleasure and realizing that when you like allow your light to be seen in that way you activate other people's light right like I genuinely believe pleasure practice is going to be one of those things that get gets us over the patriarchy over capitalism over the fucking shit show garbage fire that we have created on the level of reality to which most of us exist Yes. To then have peace ultimately, right? Peace yeah. and love and know that it is possible. Like, yes, there is duality. We need we need shit to understand the good stuff. We need the dark. Yeah, we need
1: dark to stuff. understand oh, yeah. the light. And And yeah. light doesn't exist without dark. And the dark is beautiful too, right? Oh, it's like you said beautiful. before, it's like, can I find the pleasure or like the awakening within the dark? Like I think back to some yeah. of my darkest moments and I'm like- wow, that was so like, I was in my own underworld and like (laughs) feeling my way through the dark tunnels of shit. And wow, that was so hard and so beautiful. So beautiful. There's so much magic in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I, I think this is just, um, you know, when we started talking about the divine, I am like we are all divine. I'm all about the divine. I'm, you know, God, goddess, universe, metaphysic. Um, like this shit is my jam. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Did did you lose me? Did I lose you? Uh-oh, you can't hear me. all right we have another little audio hiccup no big fucking (laughs) whoop um anyway I was saying Jessica that um I'm I'm loving this I'm loving where we're going with this conversation and I think there's there has to be a part two because um I've so like I want to go to different realms with you like mm. now that I feel like, okay, we've built a foundation together and now I want to like go into the galaxy far, far away and talk about that shit. <laughs> I love it. I love going to the
0: far, far away. It's my favorite place to live.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like the far, far away. Cause it's also right here. Right. And yeah, like- it's all the same. It's, it's perspective. It's yeah. a matter. Of- yes. And like, we haven't talked about pussy or like, like you know, yeah. like uh, pussy. pussy magic yes like we have so maybe our next conversation can be like just about pussy magic um but before um before we hop off um I wanted to ask is there anything else like you want to share with our listeners before we jump off just
0: an invitation a challenge if you're still better to challenges a dare I'm a person that can't turn down a dare
1: I love a dare go
0: out yeah me too go out and prioritize pleasure in your life for one month Mm. and just see how things change see Mm. how the things around you change right because I think it's um with the type of work we do really getting it out to people that are necessarily not in this space, right? But that could benefit so much from this knowledge. Sometimes if you're really deep in the wellness world or like spiritual circles, you're ending up talking to people that like already kind of vibe with what you're saying. And I'm like, no, no, let's bring this to like the spaces of the people that are like, no, 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 cranky pants. We don't want pleasure, right? And the more (laughs) of us that that bring that into the everyday world, I think that's when we... Create magic, and I believe that it has been such a beautiful healing practice in my own life. You know, mm. it's such a statement of your own worth to claim your pleasure. Your pleasure—it's a big reflection of your own worth. And I just want to invite everyone to go do more of that. Go do more of that. Pleasure isn't only going to come through a mind-blowing orgasm or, you know, ten glasses of wine. I don't know if that will lead to pleasure
1: at all yeah. At this point, but... yeah. yeah, well, I, I, I love that because act, when you're talking about like, bring this to the, bring this to the people who, um, who are like new to the work, um, it's like, this is like a microcosm of that, right? Like what you and I are doing, like hopefully women who are new to this idea of pleasure will hear this. And like, this is the like little stone that we're dropping. Like this is yes. the ripple effect. So Um, women who are hearing this, like share this, share Jessica's work. We will put, um, her links in the notes uh, of this podcast. So go check her out, join one of her online gatherings, come with me to her next retreat. Whenever that is, um, the point of this podcast is to amplify the voices of the humans, mostly women who are out there like raising the voices of the feminine, um, who are using their voices, their bodies, their, their power to, um, to push more goodness, push more love, push more justice into the world. And um, this is just the beginning. So So follow Jessica, click on the links, talk to her, connect with her yes please um, talk to me send me a voice yeah. memo in the dms i love chatting to people i really yeah. love chatting to people so send mind. her send her a voice memo continue the conversation just as just like the first you're hearing from her and um jessica we'll continue this conversation i want to sure. dive in i want to dive into pussy uh, yes, yes. Like absolutely. I want to talk about like how we've left our, our pussies behind and um and we're not paying attention to those lovely ladies down under. Yes. Um so maybe that's next time. But um I've next so time. So, so so loved um having you here mm. and um just seeing I wish everyone could see you on screen because like you're moving <laughs> your body and like you're laughing and you have a huge smile and it's um Uh, you know it's just nice to be in the same like space space yeah thank you for having me
0: this was so enjoyable I actually I went on like a long like a good chunk of time of recording podcasts very very frequently and then I took a break and I kind of forgot how much I fucking love it and so, thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, is is
1: yeah, like get back into it. This yes. is such a great way to like share your work and, yes. um, you know, when you're in your body and like you you your message is like in you, it's just easy, right? It's just like yes. we're, just ha- we're just like having a conversation. So I'm so 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 glad you're here, um, and yeah, okay, Feminine Rebellion, check out Jessica. I love you. I love you. I love you madly. Seriously, I fucking do. Goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the Feminine Rebellion podcast and rate it. This will help get my message out into the world, reach new listeners, and create the feminine rebellion this world is screaming for right now. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Okay? Love you.